This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding forth on Old Dan. Come on, Dan, let's go. Got to get a getting. Folks are waiting, standing around down there somewhere at the sawmill or down at the old brush arbor where we're having service tonight. And uh, give out God's word. But we're studying now. The Old Trailblazer is looking at a study on divine healing, true and false. And we're just getting started in the last several days. I, I wish you'd write me and, and uh, tell me that you're listening, if you would. And we're looking at divine healing, some of the methods that our Lord used in, when he was here healing folks. And uh, folks ask me, why Why did the Lord use those different means of doing things? It's because he was sovereign. He does as he pleased, just like he saves who he, whom he will. Uh, but listen, let's notice another fact about some of these miracles of healing. There was no faith manifested and connected with the three resurrections from the dead. Now, you get that statement? Let me go back. State it again. There was no faith manifested or spoken of in connection with the three resurrections from the dead. Though he said to the ruler about his daughter, be not afraid, only believe. We find nothing here to show that he believed that the Lord would raise a dead child to life. Christ halted the funeral procession at the gate of Nain and raised the life to life the widow's son. Read that record closely, and you'll find that there was no faith spoken, displayed by anyone. No prayers offered, no oil anointing. Christ spoke the word, and he was raised from the dead. Then at the resurrection of Lazarus, we find that Mary and Martha believed. They believed Christ, that he was the Son of God. And they believed that Lazarus would rise at the last day. But they had no, listen now, I want you to get that. They believed he would raise, be raised at the last day, but they had no faith that Christ would raise him from the dead. Now, I want you to get that. Put that down in your pipe and smoke it. Now, follow me closely. Here's another fact, the ministry of our Lord. He forbade, listen, he forbade the publication of his miracles of healing. He made no charge. He received no money from those whom he healed. He never asked for an offering. And what a contrast to the present-day healing campaigns. Are you listening? Have you been to one of those places? Oh, my friend, it's like the old fellow said, follow the money. Follow the money. I tell you, these mega ministries now that carry on all of this stuff, the money coming in by leaps and bounds. Oh, my friend, I, my heart is so disturbed or so grieved because those people one day, one day those televangelists, one day those people are going to have to stand in front of the Lord Jesus Christ at the great white throne judgment, and he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Now, my friend, it's not a money-making thing. Salvation is not a money-making scheme, and that's what we have on this scene today. I see it on the radio. I see it on the television a little. I see it in the newspapers. I get periodicals all the time across my desk, and I, I listen, listen, those fellers, oh, and ladies, women, they're not ladies, they're women, raking in the money, I read where one of them got three jet airplanes parked behind his house out there somewhere in our Arizona, and my friend, the government's investigating, that won't do any good, my friend, no, they won't do any good, but listen, you and I, you and I, can't we just trust the Lord? Oh, my friend, there's going to be those things. There'll always be divisions. 
Uh, yes, and there'll always be uh, error. But my friend, the Lord is is giving you and me the opportunity to be enlightened by His Word. Now, another thing we saw, or we'll see, if you will just study God's Word, that the Lord didn't make healing the leading feature of His ministry. Like I mentioned to you, these faith healers that used to come through here with a big, long 18-wheeler truck with a tent in it and on the side had advertising there, come to the faith healing ministry, faith healing divine, faith healing, uh, three days of faith healing. Bring your sick, bring your blind, bring your halt. My friend, the Lord didn't do that. No, the Lord didn't do that. And then those folks take up a big offering and go out of town to the next little town and never see them again. But listen, he didn't use his power to heal, to gain an audience or fame, gain fame. No, in most cases, he discouraged in every way the publicity of what he had done. Then we find that there was not a certain class of sick uh, that he singled out or healed, leaving others whom he did not heal. He never sent away one still suffering and disappointed. He healed all who came to him. What a contrast to present-day healing. Oh, my friend, you know what the, the common word is today for individuals who go to those services and, and don't get healed? Well, he didn't have any faith. He didn't have any faith. He just didn't believe. Now, listen, here's another fact. Christ did not appoint certain healing meetings to be held at appointed times, nor did he ever ask for certain preparations, but he healed at any time wherever the sick met him and appealed to him. We also find there was no outward phenomena connected with his miracles of healing, such as falling down and becoming unconscious or speaking in tongues, nor, nor were there any convulsions or fits. The convulsions or falling down to the ground, foaming at the mouth, only evidence of demon power, and so it is today. When Christ heals, it was always instantaneously. He never failed in any case. None of his cases were gradual. They were instantaneous, including even the case recorded there in Mark 8:23. I want to read that to you. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, he put his hands upon him. He asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Now you see, even this case, he was completely healed. He was healed completely and instantaneously. It's not a case of gradual healing. There was no such a thing as waiting for days and weeks and months. Nor was there a gradual cessation of the fever and the symptoms. All of his acts of healing were complete and definite. We bring you these studies showing you how the Lord, what happened when the Lord healed folks back there in his day. Now, you look, let it soak in. I challenge you to examine God's word. So we find there were not certain conditions imposed upon sick folks before he healed them. All conditions imposed upon the sick in the present day, faith healing campaigns are holy of man and not of God. Here are some of the conditions imposed upon individuals today before they can be anointed for healing in the average service. First, they asked, are you saved? Are you born again? Are you living in obedience to God's will? Have you any restitution to make or any wrongs to right? 
Are you harboring an unforgiving spirit towards anyone? Do you read your Bible every day and pray? Are you convinced that it's God's will to heal you? Is your faith based exclusively upon the promise of God? If you're healed, will you be willing to give or write your testimony? Now, these are just some of the conditions that these folks hand out before an individual goes up there for healing. Listen, they're imposed upon individuals before they are anointed for healing. They may vary with different individuals who are leading these so-called healing services, but nowhere in God's Word will you find in all the acts of healing our Lord performed, He never imposed one condition upon that individual. You may say, well, what about the man who brought his son to Christ and said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. There are two facts here that I call your attention to. First, the afflicted child had no faith. Second, the father acknowledged his unbelief in the face of the unbelief of the father and lack of faith in the child. Christ performed a miracle of healing. What a contrast between the true and the false. Do you see, my friend, how many have twisted the scriptures and teach today false doctrines about healing? Now, we've just given you a short, brief review of the acts of healing of our Lord during his earthly ministry. The contrast between the divine healing of Christ and the false healings of today it is so vastly different that a little child can see the difference. He that is of God heareth God's word, and he that is not of God heareth not his word. Now, let's look at divine healing as set forth in God's word after the day of Pentecost, or during the early church as set forth in Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. Now, brother, as I asked you a while ago, lay down everything. Just get quiet. Straighten up there in your lazy boy chair. We're going to give you some startling facts. We're going to say things that you may have never heard before. The first fact that I want to call to your attention is after the Holy Spirit came and during the church period, we never find this expression, according unto your faith, be it unto you. Now, let me read that again. The first fact that we want to call your attention to is this. After the Holy Spirit came and during the church period, we never find this expression, according to your faith, be it unto you. It is the very opposite. There is only one case in all recorded miracles of healing in the book of Acts where faith is mentioned. Now, here is a startling fact. Faith and miracles never go together. Now, we're going to look at that in our next study. We're going to examine some of those cases. But I want to mention again, the greatest thing that ever happens to a poor soul is to be saved, not healed. Oh, my friend, faith healing is not the greatest thing that ever happens to a person. No, it's to be awakened to your lost condition that you're a sinner and see yourself in need of cleansing. Have you ever been washed in the blood? Have you ever been shown your, your sin that you're alienated from God? Not your individual sins, but you're just your sinful self. Oh, my friend, there, the Bible says there are none righteous no, not wrong. I don't care what you do. I don't care how society-minded you are. I don't care how clean clean you are. Maybe never said an ugly word in your life. But the Bible says the Lord knows the thoughts and the intents of your heart. Now, my friend, but I, I want to stress that. The greatest thing that ever happens, if it ever does, is to come to know the Lord. 
then the greatest thing that ever happens to an organization or a church is to have a God-called pastor that stays with the truth. That's right. That's right. The greatest terrible thing that could come to you is to be deceived. Just be deceived, my friend, by Satan. He is the old deceiver. We'll see that later. He can't tell the truth. Did you know Satan can't tell the truth? That's why I don't ever pay no attention to what he says. He tells me, say, oh, Trailblazer, uh, slack up. Now you're getting on folks' toes, and they're going to quit giving. They're going to quit helping you. I don't pay no attention to Satan because I know he's a liar. You know what I do here? I often turn around and say, get thee behind me, Satan. Go back to where you came from. You're not intimidating the old Trailblazer. No, sir, I'm going to keep blasting away at you till the Lord comes. And I don't believe it's going to be long, do you? You looking around, see what the world conditions are today, my friend? And, you, and you're more concerned about bodily healing? Oh, let's think about our soul's condition in this day and time. My friend, the greatest thing in this world is to come to know the Lord. So what is salvation? Trust in the Lord. Just trust in the Lord, my friend. Don't go off on a tangent. Don't go off on faith healing, divine healing, so-called. No, no. Oh, but listen, this is the old trailblazer, Pastor Pendarvis, and I want to give you my mailing address quickly before I run out of time. It's the old trailblazer, Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785, and my website, radiomissions.org. Goodbye, and God bless you.